Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Joe McCall here with the one and only Alex Youngblood. How are you, man? I am good. How are you, man? Good, good. Welcome to the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Uh, we talk about it a lot, but we have this fantastic resource available for you for free on our website at realestateinvestingmastery.com. It's called, what's it called, Alex? Again, I forget. It's called the Fast Cash Survival Kit. Yes. Just basically we tell you <laughs> how you can go out and take this Fast Cash Survival Kit. It's almost like a tongue twister. I know. Fast Cash Say it as fast, you know, as many times as you can <laughs> fast. But you could take this uh, wonderful resource and read and uh, watch the videos, and we could probably charge $97 for it, uh, but it's free. So go get it and check it out. And you can use the information in there. We talk about virtual assistants, and we talk about finding deals and how to uh, basically run a wholesaling business and use it from a um, – uh, and equity, you know, looking for deals with equity and looking for deals with no equity. So you get the best of both worlds and uh, it's there. All you got to do is go to the site, realestateinvestingmastery.com, grab it up and yeah. you will be set for life. It, it is amazing. I, look at, I was looking at that thing the other day and I was amazed at how much really good, valuable, free information, if I could ever be so humble, that we really give away and it's free. So... Check that out. And we also have, uh, we've been really- A triple your money back guarantee. You forgot that. <laughs> yeah, triple your money back guarantee if you don't like it. Um, we also have a great place. You know, a lot of people have been leaving comments on the podcast website. And uh, a lot of our previous guests sometimes will go on there and answer those questions. Um, so it's a good place to go to ask some questions. Alex, I also wanted to mention to everybody, you have your Facebook group. On. Wholesaling houses full time. That's right. The it's, best wholesaling group on Facebook. Well, without a doubt, try to copy or imitate it, but they just can't. There's no spam on there. Alex there's, does a good job of kicking people out that are spammers. Um, really good back and forth content. Sometimes it gets a little uh, spicy, heated. heated. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, it's it's a great place to go to ask questions to. Um, share stories of what's working well and what's not. And it's really, really good. So go to Facebook, look up wholesaling houses full time. Very easy to find. Very you'll, easy. You'll see Alex's ugly mugshot. Yeah. You know, I got to change that because I think I've lost weight since then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the, one more thing, and then we'll get on to our guest here with uh, Steph Davis, who goes by Sparkles McGee. <laughs> 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 That's her real name, Sparkles. Uh, we have here uh, some good reviews in iTunes, and we appreciate everybody that leaves reviews. We got one here from WVMO, very helpful content. Um, this person says, I'm in the very early stages of putting together my real estate investing business. These podcasts by Joe and Alex have been incredibly helpful in providing me with information and strategies that I was otherwise clueless about. If you're, if you're a current real estate investor who's looking for some new ideas or a newbie like me, I'm confident you'll be helped by these podcasts. Thank you very much, WVMO. We got one more from Flipdog09. Flipdog. I like that name. Uh, pulling, <laughs> pulling back the curtain, five stars. 
It's a wonderful thing when you have two hosts that really want you to succeed and have no problem pulling back the curtain and revealing all the guru fluff and giving you real content. Keep it going. Thank you. I got one more. And uh, this is from John Finn, SLC, time well spent, five stars. If you're looking for a solid content, fantastic interviews without all the pitch, this is your podcast. There are a bunch of good podcasts about real estate, but this is the first one I came across, and it's one of my favorites. Go back to the beginning and get caught up. So much good stuff. I'm going to start them again. I've been thinking about that too myself. We have, what, 45, 50-something podcasts that we've done so far. And I was looking back at some of the original ones, and there are some fantastic interviews on there. Um, I think I would do good to go back, and and I'm going to listen to them again. Um, It's different listening to your own voice, though. I don't know if I can handle that. (laughs) But there's really good... You do it, Joe. You go to sleep to the podcasts. (laughs) No. (laughs) But yeah, guys, leave us a review in iTunes. We really appreciate it. Um, Our iTunes, I mean, our podcast is really, really growing. It's just amazing to see the kind of growth we're getting uh, especially recently in the last few months. So that helps when you leave us a review on iTunes. And uh, let's spread the word. There's some good podcasts that are coming out too, by the way. I just want to give a shout-out to some of my favorite real estate investing podcasts. Of course, Sean Terry's is really good, uh, Flip to Freedom. Um, we have – well, there's just too many to mention. I don't even know why I started this. But uh, Bigger Pockets has a new podcast that just came out. It's a good podcast. Check that out. Um, Brian Haskins, our buddy, has a podcast called the REI Wealth Something School, maybe. Um, <laughs> and there's so many good ones, I forgot to I forgot who they were. <laughs> so never mind. Maybe I'll edit that out of the podcast. <laughs> Way to go, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, hey, Sparkles McGee. Hello. How are you? Doing fantastic. I forgot to mention a little earlier, there's a tornado warning going on where I'm at right now. So if you oh, suddenly hear like wind please. crashing and stuff, that's what, uh, that's what happened. Yikes. Where are you? I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida, um, and there's a tornado warning right now. You get a lot of tornado warnings? Um, not really, no. Uh, huh. Well, I've only been here a couple, couple of months. I came over from Tampa, but um, yeah, it's really gray and drizzly and windy and weird out right now. So Nice. Just, yeah. Interesting. You have our permission if you know if you see a tornado hit the ground. Can I run? Yeah, I mean, are you okay. in a are you in a big condo or something? Yeah, I'm in a big big old building, so I'll I'll go out in the hallway and conduct an interview from the hallway. I should be safe out there. <laughs> there you uh, go. That's fine. That's fine. So this is uh, a lot of you guys know, um, maybe Steph from um, Tampa. Steph, I think that's your that's kind of what do you call it? Your handle mm-hmm. on. Um, Flippinghomes.com. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's why I first heard about you was flippinghomes.com. Are you still on that site at all? Or I have not been on there in, in quite some time. I haven't. I used to be very, very active in a lot of the forums. That was one of them. Bigger Pockets also, REI Club. But I um, have not been very active uh, in the last, I don't know, a couple years, two years probably. Yeah, I haven't either. Not that there's anything wrong with it. It's still a good site. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but um, that's where you got your start, isn't it? Yeah, uh, f- uh, flippinghomes.com. Steve Cook. Um, actually, I started out um, learning stuff on uh, CREonline.com. I don't know if oh, you guys yeah. know. I remember yeah. that. And then Steve was posting there quite a bit, and that was when he – I kind of followed him when he first started doing really well with um, wholesaling, and then he started flippinghomes.com, and that's where I really learned how to, uh, to wholesale was through going on his site in that forum and asking questions and just kind of following the people who were doing well. Well, talk a little bit about how you got started because you have a neat story. 
Um, I, um, I bartended for a really long time. Um, I waited tables and then I bartended and I was um, very, very unhappy. Um, I knew that I did not want to keep bartending, but I also knew that I didn't want to work. I've never worked a nine to five job before and I knew that I just couldn't do it. It's just not um, something that I, I just couldn't do it. So I didn't really know what the heck I was going to do for a very long time. Um, and I saw, it was probably like two, three o'clock in the morning. I saw, um, a Carlton Sheets, no money down infomercial. It's actually on a, nice. yeah, yeah. It was like, you know, the, the old, I've heard, and I've heard a lot of people that have got their start buying that course. Tons um, of people. Yeah. I did off did eBay. Did you too? Yeah. Fantastic. And Ron um, Legrand stuff. Yeah, I got Ron Legrand stuff later on, but um, I was actually, we were driving, my boyfriend and I at the time were driving to Ohio, and we were staying in some crappy motel um, because we were broke at the time, and that infomercial came on that night, and um, I was all excited, and I ordered it with my credit card, which I really couldn't, I don't, I don't even remember how much it was at the time, maybe 50 bucks, something like that. Um, so I got home, it got there like a week later, and I just tore through that. I know a lot of people say they order the course and it just sits there still wrapped in the cellophane or whatever, but I, as soon as I got it, I tore through it. I read through the whole thing, I think, that day or maybe in two days, um, and that's when I kind of knew, like, okay, this is how I'm going to get out of my miserable bartending job. Um, and so... Okay. It took me like so then so once I read through that then I really got into then I started going online and that's how I found um creonline.com and I started asking questions there um and just learning as much as I could and then I kind of got into the you know information overload and you know I would started going to all of these real estate conferences and boot camps and spending money I didn't have I would I think I started out I wanted to do, you know, buy and hold the Carlton sheets, then rehabbing, then lease options, then subject to, um, and it ended up taking me two years, I believe it was, to actually, wow. yeah, do a deal because I was just all over the place. I just, you know, I didn't know. I just kept jumping from one uh, shiny object to the next. So um, the very first deal that I ever did was uh, subject to. I um, and this was really when the market started taking off in Tampa. Um, so I bought a property subject to the existing mortgage and I put a um, tenant buyers in there uh, on a lease option. So my plan was for them to stay in there for two years and then cash me out. Um, and I basically did everything wrong. I didn't screen the tenants. I bought the property wrong. I mean, it, it, I should have never, ever gotten into that deal. Um, and uh, the tenants ended up, they were supposed to, cash me out um, and I think I was going to make like 15 or 20 grand and they ended up the month that they were supposed to buy the property um, the you know it was the first of the month and they didn't pay rent and I started calling them their phone was disconnected and uh, ended up going over to the house talked to the neighbors and the neighbors told me that they had left they packed up all their stuff and moved to Alaska um, and just took nice. off yeah they were just gone um, so I went, uh, got inside the house and it was just absolutely destroyed. I mean, just completely trashed, um, just garbage everywhere. The floors were ruined. The, I mean, everything, the whole place was just absolutely destroyed. So, um, ended up doing a rehab on that property. And I know, I still know absolutely nothing about rehabbing, rehabbing. I didn't know what the heck I was doing. I should have hired someone to do the work, but I wanted to, you know, try and save money. And I just did. I, I tell everyone this. I wish 
I had pictures of the job that I did on the rehab because it was just unbelievably awful. I mean, it was really, really, really bad. Um, but luckily for me, when I put it on the market, it was when things were like just going absolutely nuts um, in Tampa. The market was going crazy. So I ended up um, put it on the market. I took the first offer that I got from an investor. It was a cash offer. Uh, it was a lot less than I thought that I was going to get, but I was just so stressed out. I actually had to borrow. When I got the property back, I didn't have cash of my own to do the rehab, so I had to borrow money um, from a friend to do the rehab. So I was just stressed out in my mind. I just wanted to get, I was a motivated seller at that point. Um, I took the first offer that came to me, cash, cash offer from um, an investor. And I still ended up doing everything wrong. And this was all luck. It was just because the market was, you know, going absolutely crazy. I s you guys there? Hey, there she is. Are what you happened? in Kansas? <laughs> what the heck happened? Are you in Kansas? Did you get blown away? <laughs> I don't know. I just heard Joe say, are you there, Alex? And then I, um, I started saying, are you guys still there? Are you still there? And you were not there. Wow. But you're okay. There's no, uh, there's the roof is still oh, no. over your head. No, no, I'm fine. I just, um, I don't know what happened. It was, I was still connected and I was talking, but I couldn't, I was asking you guys if you could hear me and I couldn't hear you guys. <laughs> okay. So you were talking about, um, you got an offer from a cash buyer, you were a motivated seller and yes. uh, you took the deal and you still, sounds like you still made a little bit of money. Yeah. I made a ginormous check. I made 50 grand. What? Um, yeah. 50 Are you grand. Yeah, yeah. And if I would have done if I would have done the rehab correctly and waited around to get what, you know, the the house could have gotten, I would have made double that. Um, wow. Yeah. Um and that was all honestly that that was no uh that was comp all luck. It was just timing. Um the, well, you know, the house was in a really good area um and the market was going crazy. There's a thing, I mean, you know, a, a, a lot of people say, you know, it was lucky or whatever. But the, the fact of the matter is, if you didn't take action and buy the property, you wouldn't have had that check. So right. you made the situation happen. Yeah. So true. But if, if it you was didn't in buy a, it, you wouldn't have the check. Right. No, that's true. Um, but it, it like if someone were to try, if, if you could look at the I should have never I had no business getting into that deal. Um it's just that the market was going crazy. And, um, and if I would have, I actually, um, sold it right when I sold it. I mean, I couldn't have timed, well, I didn't time it, but the timing couldn't have been more perfect. I sold that property and right after I sold it, that's when the market started to crash. Uh, so if I would have gotten stuck with that, if I would have held out for more money, I could have gotten myself into some, to some serious trouble because that's kind of exactly when the, the bottom started falling out of the market in Tampa. So I got very, wow. very lucky. Yeah, I got really lucky on that. Um, but so uh, that for me was an incredibly stressful uh, you know, obviously it was great to get that giant payday. That was more money than I had ever seen in my entire life at one time. Um, so that was good. But just going through that, the stress of having to borrow the money from a friend to do the rehab and then just the waiting, um, you know, to get an offer and all of that. That's when I said to myself, okay, I need to find a, um, another real estate, another strategy where I can make money with real estate, where there's not so much at risk, uh, where there's not so much, I guess stress involved, and that's when I started looking around and found uh, discovered wholesaling. Actually, I had heard of wholesaling before, but um, that's when I really decided, okay, I'm going to focus all of my efforts 
into learning how to wholesale because I knew that I could get, uh, you know, like I mentioned prior, I, I had followed what Steve Cook had done and he was doing very, very well wholesaling. And I knew that you could get into deals with very little cash. It didn't matter if you had, um, you know, good credit or not. And uh, you can get in and out of deals very quickly and make some some nice chunks of change. So that's um, getting out of that whole rehab project was kind of when I said to myself, all right, I need to find something else that, that fits um, it's just a better fit for me that I can get in and out of the deals quickly and make my cash and just move on to something else, um, without being tied up in a, in a rehab. So, um, so that's when I kind of discovered wholesaling and, and focused all of my efforts into that. Um, I did, it, this was at the end of 2006 and I started just, um, I started targeting, uh, private sellers. I was doing at the time I was doing whatever I could to, I was putting like going to banks and post offices and wherever I could and putting flyers out that just said, I buy houses. Uh, I was calling people on Craigslist, putting ads on Craigslist, going to RIA meetings. Um, and I ended up doing rather quickly, uh, three deals. Um, I think it was like the first one was maybe two grand and then four and then six. And that was towards the end of uh, 2006. And so I told myself, I think it was the third deal that I closed. And I said, you know what, January 1st of 2007, I am walking away from my bartending job and I'm never going back. Um, so that's what I did. I quit, um, gave my notice in January 1st of 2007. I went full time into um, wholesaling. And I those three, uh, the first couple deals that I did, I think were a little bit of beginner's luck. I mean, they all just kind of fell into my lap. And um, I, I think I kind of got a little bit big for my britches and thought, oh, I'm going to quit my job and I'm just going to be making all this money right off the bat. And what happened was I quit and it ended up taking me um, six months before I closed my next deal. Uh, so I had no no money coming in. Um, I was just out there, and I was really, really busting my butt and working hard. And I was out at three o'clock in the morning putting bandit signs out, and just really, really working hard. And I just could not, uh, I couldn't land a deal. It took me six months. Um, so at the end of that six months, I was I was getting to the point where you know if I don't close a deal here in the next couple of weeks, I'm going to have to go back. Um, and get a job waiting tables or bartending because I just I did I was I had to borrow uh, money from my dad to pay my electric bill, so uh, I finally ended up after six months closing a deal and then after that things um, kind of it kind of snowballed I had built up all of this momentum and I started closing uh, a whole bunch of deals so um, but getting through that I don't know I guess you could kind of call it the learning curve was very difficult and it's where um you know a lot of people they would a lot of people would have thrown in the towel i think and just said you know what there's i'm not going to continue doing this um 6 months is a long time to go working really hard to with you know nothing to show for your efforts so you know there's something really to be said about that cuz momentum is so important it's easy to overlook that and even for me when i you know if i stop marketing for a couple months and then i decide to start picking it up again the deals don't just start flowing in immediately after that. Yep. You yeah, know, it takes it, time. It takes time. Sometimes it may take two to three months. Yep. And I don't know what it is. I can't give any kind of scientific explanation for it, but there's just a principle of momentum. And it's like, you know, it's like a big wheel that is really hard to push at first, you know, mm -hmm. but you just push it a little bit, a little bit, and it starts going, and then it starts rolling faster, and then it starts going. And all of a sudden, that, that big wheel starts really moving, and it becomes hard to stop. But it's, it's, there's, that's so important to think about, too, because especially for a new investor just getting started, 
Um, you've got to have some realistic expectations that it's going to take a little bit of time to build that momentum up and get a ton of deals under your belt or even to get your first yeah. several deals under belt. Exactly. So what, um, what do you think for you, Steph, um, what was the kind of the tipping point for that momentum to really start going? Was it just, did you change anything or you just kept on doing the same thing over and over again until it worked? Um, actually for me, it was, I switched from going after, uh, private sellers to, uh, just targeting deals on the MLS. And again, that was, um, I had followed what Steve Cook had done and he did really well with, um, bank owned properties and listed properties. And for me, um, at that point was when there were a lot of properties that were starting to get foreclosed on. So there were more and more, uh, REOs on the market. And so I just told myself, I'm just going to focus 100% on, um, on listed properties. And I just started making a ton of offers and getting really focused on, uh, one particular area in Tampa. I just really focused in on this area. I found a bunch of buyers in, in that area. I knew it like the back of my hand and I just started going after, uh, listed properties in, for me, that was just that's kind of when things clicked, um, and and I preferred. For me, I didn't. I and I'm still this way. I don't really like negotiating with private sellers. I prefer just making an offer, um, you know, like on a listed property, and they either accept it, reject it, or counter. Um, for me, it's just a lot cleaner and a lot easier. So that was just kind of a, a good fit for for me and my personality. And I wasn't afraid to make you know ten, fifteen, twenty offers a day. Um, so. That was kind of the uh, when things started to change for me was when I discovered uh, listed properties and and I did really well with them. And that's really good because the more offers you make, um, the better your chances are of getting one accepted. Absolutely. And if you get one countered offered, then that means it's a potential deal, and you start looking more into that. But were you, were you going looking at those ten to fifteen houses every day, Steph? Um, at first I was, like I said, I spent, um, I picked this one area of Tampa and I just decided, all right, I'm going to focus on this zip code. And, uh, so I spent a lot of time actually going out into that area, driving by the comps, driving by the houses that were being rehabbed, talking to buyers. Um, I, I put in a lot of time doing that, which again, a lot of people, beginners are not, they don't want to put in that, that work, but it pays off when you, when you go into an area like that and you spend a month or however long to really get to know that area, like the back of your hand, it makes it so much easier. Um, when you go back to make offers. So I, to answer your question at first, yes, I went out to look at the properties. And then once I got to know the area really well, I didn't really have to go out and look at them because I would know, you know, even if this property is, a, is completely trashed, it needs a you know, full rehab. I'm offering low enough that I'm going to be okay if it gets accepted. Um, so I kind of got to the point where I could make the offers without looking. However, I don't recommend, um, you know, if there are beginners listening to this, I strongly recommend that you go out and do your market research and go check the area out, look at houses and get real familiar with uh, the neighborhood before you start making blind offers like that. That's really good. Very good. Okay. So, um, Steph, you've, you've been an inspiration to a lot of people um, with your blog, FlipThisWholesaler.net. And um, you've done, oh, geez, a gazillion deals. And um, you've, you've created this blog where you kind of shared your stories, and now you answer a lot of questions, and you kind of help people get started. And you've actually seen some really good success with that blog. And, and I wanted to bring it up for a couple reasons. 
to let people know that if they want more information, they can find out about you at flipthiswholesaler.net. But also wanted to ask you if you could kind of talk about um, you know, how you got started with a blog. Why did you get started creating that blog? Because there's a lot of people out there who would like to do something similar, I think. You know, they they uh been seeing some success. They'd like to start blogging about it. They maybe would like to write their own ebook. Maybe they have a specific niche that they're targeting in real estate. Um and and the idea of starting a blog can be pretty overwhelming to a lot of people. Right. Can you talk about how you got why'd you start the blog and uh kind of how you grew it so quickly? Sure. Um, well, I actually started it, again, going back to flippinghomes.com. There used to be, and I'm not sure if this is still, if they still have this function on there, but they had it so you could start a blog on flippinghomes.com. So right after I closed my first wholesale deal, I s- told myself, you know what, I'm going to start a blog on here and just kind of write in it every day just to, I started it to hold myself accountable. Um, just so I could, you know, go in there every day and write like, okay, this is what I did today. I talked to this many sellers. I made this many offers. So I started writing in there uh, shortly before I, I uh, left the bar. And I was writing in it every day and just writing about because I was working really, really hard. I was, you know, doing a lot of marketing and just busting my butt out there. And it started to get really popular on flippinghomes.com. So I, um, I, I think I, I had it on there for maybe five or six months and then I moved it over to my um, to my own domain. And so that whole time, like I, I mentioned uh, previously that I you know, quit my job and I went six months without closing a deal, I was writing in that blog every single day. Um, and a lot of it was you know, really... That's all right, man. That's all right. So Steph, you were talking about you were writing in this blog every day. Do you feel like that was therapeutic you know, to write about things like that? Um, did it help you think through all of the stuff and process and motivate you, things like that? It did, but then also what happened, and and a big factor for me to just keep going through those six months when I didn't get a deal was that a lot of people started reading my blog. So a lot of people were kind of like, you know, they'd check in every day to see, you know, if I had committed suicide yet or if I was still out there. Um, So it started to get really popular. So it kind of got to the point where I was like, well, man, I can't let all of these, I felt like I would be letting people down if I quit. Um, And I knew that I I would get emails from people uh, you know, saying, you know, I just want to encourage you to keep going and you've given me a lot of inspiration and, um, you know, I hope you get a deal closed. So uh, it was really helpful for me, actually, and I didn't start it thinking that it was going to get popular, but it turned into, you know, it, it got very popular. There were a lot of people reading it, so I felt like I almost couldn't let people down or I couldn't quit and I just had to keep going. So um, I, I when I started that, I had no intentions of ever, you know, making any money from it or for it ever becoming popular, but it, it just kind of happened. Um, but I did spend a lot of time, like I said, I was writing pretty much every day. Um, if you go go to my blog, you can start at the very beginning and, and kind of read through everything that I went through. It's kind of interesting. It's kind of painful for me to read back through it now. Um, but a lot of people will tell me that they started from the beginning and read all the way through and they say that it's very inspiring. So um, I'm, I'm glad that I did it. Wow. Now, I'm looking here at your site, and um, is there a way to see a list of all the blog posts, or you just have to keep on clicking? At no, the if very you go bottom? over to the right, um, on the if you scroll down on the right hand side, uh, archives it says archives, and then click on that, and then if you go all the way to the bottom, holy it goes back. smokies! Yeah. <laughs> got- so if you can see, like in in 2007, like you know January, February, March, I I was posting, you know almost every day. Wow. 
Yeah. So. So, um, you know, it's hard to find a good blog these days, isn't it? From people who are blogging about their real estate journey um, and giving good information. Do you know of any other good blogs like yours? Um, you know, it's been so long. There was a point in time when I was writing in here a lot when I was really connected to um, a lot of the other bloggers. I don't even really know who still has, um, you know, I don't really keep track of new ones or who still has. I think that um, Jason Steinhorn, 123flip.com, he's a rehabber in Atlanta. Atlanta. Um, I think he still has his going and is, is posting in it frequently. Um, Scott Costello has uh, strugglinginvestor.com. I believe he still uh, keeps that updated. But other than that, I honestly don't keep track of, I'm not really sure of who is blogging and um, which, which ones are good and which ones are, have kind of faded out. Yeah, it's interesting. I think Danny Johnson has a really good one. He's uh, flippingjunkie.com, I think. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, I've, I've read and his, too. he's really up to date. Yeah. Flippingjunkie.com? Yeah, he'd probably be a good interview. Cool. I think he does uh, San Antonio. Yeah, you know, if anybody listening to this knows of other good podcasts, I mean blogs, um, we don't want to know about any other good podcasts, but if you know of any <laughs> other good blogs... Um, like this, uh, let us know. Put them on the comments of the show, and um, we'll reach out to these guys. Maybe get a, ask them to for an interview on the podcast. But there's a lot of good people out there that are blogging about their journey, and um, you know, I'd like to know about them. What was the first one? One two three flip. I think you mentioned. Yeah, one two three flip uh, dot com, and he's been yeah. writing in that for. Uh, he has really really awesome information for rehabbers. Very cool. Yeah, his latest post is February 25th, just a few days ago. Yeah, and he's he's been writing in it almost every day for, it's been several years now. I can't remember when he first started, but um, he does a really good job of documenting documenting all of his rehabs, and he gives the numbers and how much he makes on each one, and um, he does a really good job over there. Excellent. So, Steph, what would you say to somebody who maybe wants to start their own blog Um they don't know where to start, and is it that, is it really all that difficult? Um, to start one up, it's not at all. What if you have absolutely no uh, technical knowledge? You can go to um, Blogger b l o g g e r dot com. Doesn't cost anything. You don't have to pay for hosting or anything like that. And you could set one up in. I mean, if you know absolutely nothing about how to how to do anything technical, I'd say in an hour or two. Um, you could have it set up and, and be posting. Um, one thing that, like for me, I think the reason why mine got really popular really fast was that I was updating it every single day, and I was very honest about what was going on. I mean, I would get on there and, and say, well, it looks like I'm not going to be able to pay my rent this month. Um, you know, I would just say I never tried to you know, talk myself up or make things up or make it sound like everything was all rosy. I was really, really honest about how difficult it was and all the things that I was going through. Um, and then on top of that, I was posting every single day. So I guess people kind of felt like they were kind of on the journey with me. Um, so I see a lot of people who, who say, you know, they want to get started and write a blog and they'll start it up and they'll maybe write in it once a month. Um, it's really hard to get traction when you're just getting started and people don't know you that well if you're not updating it, um, you know, at least maybe every other day or a couple times a week. So my advice would be to just um, 
be prepared for a time. If, if you're looking to grow your blog and, and get a lot of traffic and a lot of followers, to be willing to put in or to realize that there's going to be a time commitment there, yeah. um, it's something that you're going to have to make time for. You know, I guess you could also start a blog on Facebook, couldn't you? You could start a, either a fan yeah. page or a group. Yep. Yeah, you and can just, do that too. Um, just post every day on there. You could also post, create one with Google Plus probably. Yeah. Um, so good. You've you've probably met a ton of people through your blog that you wouldn't have met otherwise. Oh yeah, you? made a Chris, lot of good friends. I've met, made a lot of love that I have today just through um, through the blog. You're breaking up a little bit there, but um, oh, can you hear me? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Okay. Um, well, talk a little bit about stuff. You you have this crazy um, buyer's strategy that um, I saw on your website that looks really cool. It's um, you call it the cash buyer ninja. Can you talk a little bit about that? What are some of your ninja tricks to finding cash buyers? Uh, there's actually a whole bunch of them. Probably my my favorite um, or the easiest way for me to find cash buyers is just um, do a search in the MLS for recent cash sales. Uh, like, for example, I just uh, three months ago I moved to St. Pete. I didn't really um, have a whole lot of buyers over here. So I just went into, uh, first thing I did was I went into the MLS to find out where there were a majority of cash sales. Uh, I picked out the zip code that's closest to me. It's actually the zip code that I live in um, and did a search for recent um, cash transactions, like cash transactions that have happened in the last uh, 60 or 90 days. Uh, once I find out uh, the street addresses of those properties that have sold for cash, I go into the property appraiser website and do a search for the address. Um, and then that will give me, uh, I can find out who the owner is. Uh, if it's an, a lot of times, what I look for is uh, like LLCs that are buying up a lot of properties. So if I see uh, a company name that keeps popping up over and over again, that to me, um, you know, it's a signal that, you know, here's an investor who's probably buying up a lot of properties in the area that I want to work in. So what I do, um, a lot of, I know, People who teach, um, you know, wholesaling, real estate strategies, whatever, will say to send the person a letter um, saying, you know, hi, I'm a wholesaler. I, you know, what are you looking for? I'd like to add you to my buyers list. What I like to do is find their contact information, which is actually very easy to do. Um, I take their company name. And first, the first thing I always do is just go into Google and put their company name into Google. And probably 80% of the time you end up on their website. Uh, sometimes you have to do a little bit of digging, but you can almost, and I shouldn't say almost always, probably 80%, 70 to 80% of the time, just by doing a simple Google search, you can find out their phone number. And then I just call them up and, you know, explain to them, I'm a wholesaler, just moved here to St. Pete, just wondering, you know, I see you're buying up some properties in 33705. Uh, just curious if you're looking for more deals. And if so, what are you looking for? Um, if I can't find them on Google, a lot of times what I'll do is go to the, um, I'll take their company name and go to the Division of Corporations for Florida. It's called uh, sunbiz.org. And what you can do is do a search for their um, company name, and that will give you who the managing members are of the, uh, the LLC. So from there, I find out who the managing members are, and I'll either do a Google search for their name, or a lot of times you can go on Facebook 
or LinkedIn and do a search for the person and find them that way. So I've contacted a lot of uh, buyers through Facebook. I just send them a private message and, and again, just explain to them that I'm a wholesaler. I see you're buying properties in this zip code. What are you looking for if you're looking for more deals? Um, so I don't, and all of this takes about that whole process that I just explained. I could go into a zip code and have a really healthy buyers list of active cash buyers in under an hour. Uh, and I don't have to leave my house. It's all done from the computer and from my phone. I don't have to spend money on mailing campaigns, postage, anything like that. So um, for me, that it's it's kind of simple. I just go find out where the cash sales are taking place, who's buying them, and then I just kind of hunt the people down online. That's excellent. And then you could also, um, since you have that good active cash buyers list, you can sometimes wholesale other wholesalers' properties to your list, can't you? Yeah, absolutely. And that's kind of what I've been doing um, since moving just to kind of get my, uh, since move, moving to St. Pete, just to kind of get my feet wet is just finding some buyers in the um, the zip code that I'm targeting and then going and connecting with some other wholesalers to see what they have for sale and kind of put it. And I was doing that in Tampa as well. Um, I kind of call it lazy man's wholesaling. And, I, you know, I don't make a whole bunch of Usually it's like, you know, maybe two grand, three grand, sometimes four or five. But um, generally, if you're doing a deal with another wholesaler, they're going to be taking the majority of the profit. Um, but it's a great way to uh, just kind of figure out the um, the market, to kind of get to mar- know the market better. And there's no risk involved. I mean, if it's somebody else's deal, you don't have any any money into the deal. And it's, um, you know, it's no skin off your back if the deal doesn't sell because it's it's not your deal. So I think it's a good way to own a, own a new market. All right, so we're back here, Alex. Were you? Um, you were saying something. Yeah. Go ahead, finish what <laughs> yeah, you were saying. saying. You know, that's a great way to um, to to make some money. Um, you know, you're not having any marketing costs or anything like that. It's just a networking thing. Um, the the best thing I would say to do, um, or what I tell people to avoid, is uh, what I call the circle of crap, because a lot of people <laughs> just float things around that circle. You know, they've got this deal and. And uh, everybody else has seen it before, and that can really destroy your credibility. So you got to be a, yeah. really, a really good market, a good marketer, and find the people that aren't already in that circle where you know exactly. a wholesale would have already shown them that deal. Exactly. But and uh, what I like to do too is um, because another thing that I tell people to avoid, and I avoid myself, is to not be marketing a deal like say one wholesaler has it for sale for 50 and you're out marketing it to other people for 55 um it kind of makes you look bad if you're you know, selling a deal to an investor and, and you're asking five thousand more than someone else so i like to kind of work with other wholesalers so get it so we're marketing it at the same price and so my profit is already built into that um i don't like to be marketing properties that are already out there on craigslist or they're signed out where they're being marketed for a cheaper price so i like to negotiate, I guess, with other wholesalers and say, you know, look, if I sell this, at, you're marketing at 55. If I sell it at 55, you know, can you give me two grand or, or whatever? Um, exactly. Very good. Well, Steph, before we lose you again, <laughs> we should uh, we should probably um, go ahead and wrap this up. You've been very gracious. Um, people who want to get more information about you and your blog, they can go to flipthiswholesaler.net and uh, – they should also check out your Cash Buyer Ninja strategy, which is a, on a banner right there at the top of your website, right? 
Yeah, or you can just go to cashbuyerninja.com. There's some really awesome information in there about finding, uh, building your buyer's list and finding cash buyers. Yeah. And uh, I've been through it. It looks really, really good. Got some good tips that I actually borrowed from you um, when I was doing my marketing in uh, Southern California. So, awesome. So, but uh, thanks, Steph. You've been very gracious. Thanks for having me. Sorry about the technical difficulties. No, not a problem. You've given a lot of really good advice. Any, yeah, uh, absolutely. Any, any final comments, Steph, you want to give to some beginners out there maybe who are trying to do their first deal that are getting discouraged, trying to build that momentum up? Do you have any advice for them? Yeah, I would just say, um, you know, you have to stick with it. A lot of people get sold on the, you know, buy this course and you're going to start making $9 million in a week or two. Um, you know, it's work, especially when you're getting started. It takes some time for most people to kind of build that momentum and get the ball rolling. But if you're willing to uh, to stick it out, it's, it's definitely going to pay off. You just have to realize that it might take you some time. You might not be an overnight success, but uh, you know, if you want it bad enough and you're willing to put in the work, it's, it's definitely doable. And there's lots and lots of opportunity and money to be made if you stick with it. Excellent. All right, everybody. Thank you, Steph. Go to Real Estate Investing Thanks Mastery. Well, you're welcome. You're welcome. Go to realestateinvestingmastery.com to uh, get our show notes, and we'll have all of the links to Steph's stuff on that page. And um, if you have any questions for her, you can leave them on our blog, but probably it'd be best to just go to her uh, Facebook page. She's got a pretty good Facebook community there. Flip this wholesaler. And um, very good. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you guys later. All right, guys. Have a good day. Awesome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.